Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 40, week 40, volume 40, number fucking 40. How you going, guys? How's your week been? Thanks for tuning in. So we've got a stacked show this week, like we do every week. We've got all the Mosh news, we've got Mosh reviews, and our Mosh interview this week is with Joe of Fit for an Autopsy. Let's kick things off like we do every week, and that is with the Mosh News. All That Remains have released two new songs from their upcoming album. The two songs released are called Wasteland and Everything's Wrong. The upcoming album is titled Victim of the New Disease. What do we think of these songs? Mm, I thought there was quite a bit of excitement and promise about this album kind of fulfilling what all the remains are potentially capable of, but unfortunately these songs, way too much of a mishmash, way too messy, and doesn't really feel like they're fulfilling that potential. Sounds like all that remains are still doing what they've done for the last few albums, which is honestly disappointing. There was also some tragic news from the All That Remains camp, and that was that the guitarist founding member Ollie Herbert has passed away. Tragically, it is deemed and found out to be an accident. Not a lot of details are known at this time, but we do know that unfortunately Ollie has passed away. Always tragic when someone in the metal community passes away, and always tragic when you do find out there is a lot of support and a lot of love for this man all over the internet. Everyone giving their condolences and reminiscing. Other news this week was King Nine, the hardcore boys themselves, the bruisers of hardcore, have finally announced a new album. Five years in the making and waiting, they will unleash Death Rattle on November the 16th through closed casket activities. To coincide with the news, the guys also released the first single, which is called Paradise. Wow, really excited for this release, and it came out of nowhere, this announcement. King Nine are one of those bands that if you like your hardcore, you might have heard of their name, you might have seen it thrown around here and there, but this is an album I am really excited for, and is an album, if you're into hardcore, you need to be getting into. So as I said, the band is King Nine album is going to be called Death Rattle, coming out November the 16th. First single is called Paradise, and it's all through closed casket activities. Greyhaven have debuted a new music video for their song Sweet Machine, comes off their album that they recently released this year called Empty Black. Really good song, really good band, and one of those albums that we reviewed that we gave a 10 out of 10. So if you haven't really heard that review yet, make sure you get back into our episodes and discover our review. Really good song, really good band, as I said. So the band is Greyhaven, song Sweet Machine. It's from their album Empty Black. British band God Complex unleashed another music video from their recently released EP. The song they've released is called Slumlord, and the EP is called Created Sick. This is another one that we reviewed not long ago, and we did give high praise to, and we really recommend you delve into. 
the band's God Complex song is Slumlord, and the EP is called Created Sick. Make sure you wrap your ears around that. There's an interesting band coming out of Melbourne. They're called Amaris, and they have finally unveiled their first single and music video. The song is called Emulsion, and wow, it's pretty interesting. These guys are doing a dual vocalist thing, and it's very new metal throwback, and it is a very entertaining music video, and the song is actually really good. I didn't think I was going to like it, knowing how much of a new metal feel it had, but I found myself really enjoying it. Hopefully these guys will have an EP or an album on the way soon. So they're called Amaris. Make sure you check that music video out. We also this week had another taste of the Our Hollow, Our Home album, and the song that was released is called Father and Ghost. Make sure you check that out. And finally in the news, Rise of the North Star released another track from their upcoming album. That song they released is called Neketsu, and it's from their album called The Legacy of She. So that is it for the Mosh News segment this week. We're done with that. Now, any of the music was spoken about, any of the new music videos was spoken about, any of the artwork for those new albums or new releases, any of the tour information, any of the ticketing information for tours, any of the pre-order links for those albums, you can find on our website and social medias. Now, website is www.themoshzone.com. Social medias are all at The Mosh Zone. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, don't forget you need to subscribe to that website and like and follow us on the social medias so that you stay updated when we update you. It's now time for Mosh Reviews. First up this week is the new album by Our Hollow, Our Home, titled In Moment, In Memory, out now. First things first, this album is 15 tracks long, and this is the band's second album. They have also released an EP previously. This band are without a doubt one of the hardest working bands in the UK scene. They're constantly playing shows, they run their own local festival for Halloween, very hard working band. Sound wise with these guys, it is metalcore. It's all the bells and whistles you expect of that style. That is what they do. So you get big riffs, breakdowns, and the beauty and beast vocal deliveries. When you're playing this kind of metalcore, it can be difficult to try and stand out from the rest. But Our Hollow, Our Home make a big move to be noticed with this album. You find listening to this album that the emotion and passion behind it cannot be ignored. It was all written following the death of guitarist slash clean vocalist Tobias's father from cancer. They have structured the album around the five stages of grief that you go through with a loss of a loved one. So, as I said, the emotion in this album is everywhere, and it's very tangible. 
Musically, as I said earlier, it is metalcore. So there's chugs, big riffage, big breakdowns, in-your-face aggressive vocals, and soaring clean melodies. Everything you expect this band do. Now, when you speak of musically, it kind of leads you to the only kind of negative you can say, and that is that style-wise, musically, there's nothing really new here. You have heard this all before. Hopefully, as this band go on, they will start to carve out their own sound a bit more, and it will feel more of their own, less of their influences. But in saying all that, without a doubt, Our Hollow, Our Home have executed what they've done perfectly. It's heavy when needed, it's beautiful on the other side of it. The band are talented and worthy of a position on the elite list of metalcore bands. This album is a big step up for them from their debut and it drips with passion, emotion. It's well produced, well executed. While it's not groundbreaking and while it's not pushing the envelope, it still is some of the best metalcore you will hear this year. They've done really well here and I hope this takes them to the next level. This album is for fans of Miss May I, Still Remains, Bury Tomorrow, Azalea Dying. This is a very well executed metalcore album. The album I am talking about is In Moment, In Memory. It is by Our Hollow, Our Home. It is out now and we do give it a 7.5 out of 10. Next album up for review this week is the brand new one by Soulfly, titled Ritual, out now on Nuclear Blast Records. So this album is album number 11 for the band, and this one has 10 tracks on it. So Soulfly started in 1997, and it started after Max Cavalera had left Sepultura. Initially, this band's sound was... A lot of everything. There was groove, there was new metal, there was tribal percussion. It basically was a continuation of the Sepultura sound. Over the last few albums, Soulfly have tried to now incorporate more of a death metal, more of a thrash metal sound. And on this album, you find Max and Co. sounding so energized, so refreshed and so determined. Finally, Soulfly have found themselves again after being lost for a while because there was a few albums going on there where it felt like they were just going through the motions, but not on this album. On this album, the new metal cliches and gimmicks have been left to the side. We've got walls of aggression, pummeling groove, blast beats, death metal, satanic growls, rage-filled riffage, tribal splashes, all mixed into a cooking pot, and it's produced something great. As I said earlier, this is back-to-form Soulfly. This is, without a doubt, a solid fucking album, and it really takes itself to the top tier of the band's discography. It's exciting to hear Soulfly sounding this way in 2018, It's exciting that we finally are back to having solid, great, entertaining, 
heavy-as-fuck Soulfly albums to listen to. This album is Tribal Death Thrash Metal. There's only one negative I have to throw in, and it's not really a negative, it's just how it came across, and that is when they do the tribal stuff, at times it can feel like a last-minute thought. There's a song going on, suddenly it feels like they're like, fuck, we've got the tribal shit, throw it in. That's how some of it comes across. But if you can ignore that, it's still, without a doubt, an amazing album. So this is for fans of Soulfly, Sepultura, Cavaliera, Conspiracy. This is really, really good stuff from Soulfly. The album I am talking about is Ritual. It is by Soulfly. It is out now on Nuclear Blast Records. And we do give it an 8.5 out of 10. Last album up for review this week is the new album by Rise of the North Star, The album's called Legacy of She, and it is out now. So this album is 11 tracks long, and this is the second album for these guys. They've also had two EPs earlier in their career. They are French and Japanese, and they are hardcore mixed with crossover. This band has been unique and different since day one, And it's really good to see and hear that they still are unique. Sound-wise, this band brings everything possible to the table. Riff-heavy anthems, bouncy grooves, new metal swagger, hip-hop segments and hardcore attitude. They have an ability to balance brutality and fun and each track offers you something different. Each track is energetic and driving with aggression and attitude. As I said, with the sound, there's gritty riffs, pummeling drums, massive wall-shaking breakdowns, two-step pit-ready moments, driving bass. It's an assault on the senses. There's new metal corn, atmospheric feelings, and hip-hop anthemic vibes. Vocally in this band, there's everything and anything you expect This guy does it all. There is growls, snarls, piercing, harsh aggression, and there's quick rhymes with the flow of a hip-hop legend. Now, all of this going on, you might think, fuck, it must be like just a mess of noise. It all works perfectly. It all works in unison, and it all matches the music and attitude. It's catchy, bouncy, There's a dash of silly in there, but it's well, well executed. I found the more I listened to this album, the more I loved it. There were the few tracks that automatically stood out for me, but the more I delved in, the more I grew to love and appreciate it. Another thing I love about Rise of the North Star, they are a band that keep you guessing. They're not like anyone else, and it's fun and entertaining and brutal. You'll be headbanging from start to finish. And for a band that clearly have so many influences, they have created a very diverse, immense, devastating listening experience. This is for fans of nasty, limp biscuit, suicidal tendencies, biohazard. 
This album I am talking about is The Legacy of She. It is by Rise of the North Star, and we do give it a 9 out of 10. So that's it for our Mosh reviews. Done and dusted for this week. What did you think of our reviews? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Get in touch. Let us know. Is there something that's come out that we might have missed? Is there something on the way that you want us to review? Get in touch. Let us know. Are you in a band? Have you got an album on the way or an EP on the way and you'd love it reviewed on the show? Get in touch. Let us know. So if you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can. One of the ways is with the email address. Our email address is themoshzone at gmail.com. You can also get in touch through the website, which is www.themoshzone.com. Or you can get in touch through the social medias. The social medias are all at The Mosh Zone. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Get in touch. Let us know. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. It's that time of the episode. It's that time of the week. It's time for our Mosh interview. This week, I had the absolute honor and privilege to sit down and have a chat with Joe of Fit for an Autopsy. What a fucking legend. Great dude. Really funny. And it was a very entertaining, relaxed, and insightful chat. Without a doubt, Joe is one of my favorite vocalists in his genre, and I'm so glad I was able to get him on the show. Thank you so much, Joe. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. That chat with Joe is coming up now. So, do you kind of remember what age or what band or artist kind of opened your eyes to music in general? It doesn't have to be heavy music, but just music in general. Um, I just remember, uh, like my, the very first thing for me was Michael Jackson. Like, um, I believe it was some music video that my mom was like watching when I was younger. And for some reason, the performance on it was just so powerful. It just sucked me right in. And, uh, yeah, dude, I've had love for Michael Jackson every single day since. Like, he's the reason why I started performing. Like, I wanted to be a singer. I knew I wanted to be a singer. So before I was even screaming and stuff, I was just doing, like, singing bands and um, kind of like metalcore-ish bands. I did some softer stuff, and then I just got into, like, super heavy music out of nowhere. Just became a really angry adolescent. <laughs> <laughs> so um, was Michael Jackson the first album you bought with your own money? The first, <laughs> um, I don't, I gotta think about what the, f- I think the first album I ever actually never got asked that question before. It's crazy. I'll tell you the first album I received okay. ever. Yeah. Yeah. First physical, first physical CD. This is a- absolutely nuts. My grandmother, she bought me ludicrous word of mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when, <laughs> so like that's like my, very first CD that was handed to me that I could remember. Wow. Uh, that was insane. But the very first CD that I bought, it's, it had to have been like... Uh, 
Yeah, I started like listening. Oh, it had to have been like an Usher CD or something. Ba- Backstreet Boys is totally a Backstreet Boys CD. Oh, I think nice. it was Millennium. Nice. Not in. Not in yeah. sync. Backstreet. Not. No, it started off with Backstreet, and then in sync was just like, oh, okay. There's like Justin Timberlake's tight, and then <laughs> then I fell off, and I was just like, yeah, I like the songs in Backstreet better. Then in sync became sicker, and I was like, I'm so torn. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that's the thing. Are you are you are you disclaiming your metal credibility there, though? Ooh. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with that. For me, yeah, for me, metal was always just like a really style of music that I like. It was never like a super like I don't know if this comes off weird, but like it was never like a way of life like metal. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's always it's always been like a super style like sick style of music that I was always like not always into, but I I started growing into as I got older. I started to appreciate lyrical content and stuff and just like actually paying attention to what these dudes are writing about. And then it just like intrigued me of how like how the technical side of metal things is. It's insane. Such so, a crazy world. So when when do you, you know, growing up in high school, um, some people, you know, they kind of identify themselves in a certain way, as we all do when we grow up. And did you ever identify yourself as like a metal kid or an alternative kid? No, I, at first I started off with I was straight up an emo kid for a bit. Nice. Uh, and like in hello, hello. I stayed with the outcasts. Oh, so I kind of hung. I kind of hung. All right, so I played. can you hear me you dropped out that whole that whole segment i didn't get (laughs) oh really i heard you laugh i heard you start and then you laugh and i'm like oh you must have said something funny um oh yeah i have no idea (laughs) okay so 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 you're saying you started out as a bit of an emo kid oh yeah started out as a bit of an emo kid um i kind of just like stuck with mostly like the because I played football in high school. I was a very big avid football player. Uh, I was trying to go to school for it and stuff. And uh, so I kind of had a mixture of friends. I kind of like hung out with like the jocks, but that kind of like listened to like different kinds of music and just were kind of a little more open-minded. Not really the rich kids because they were all in their own little world. They're like, oh, we were like cooler than you guys. It was just like, yeah, whatever. I hit way time, 10 times harder than you. You're a dork anyway. <laughs> I don't even care. So I hung out with like the dudes that were cool from there. And then um, I, I was in like chorus and stuff. So I had like a couple of friends from there. So I kind of had like a nice group mixture of like all the different, I guess, social groups. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just stayed neutral between everyone. I was kind of, uh, I wouldn't say I was like the cool guy in school, but like. You didn't, I don't you know. didn't have the, um, you weren't one of those kids that had to deal with um, the negative sides of high school, you know, the the bullying and yeah. the social outcasts. Yeah. I mean, I got bullied once in kindergarten. That kid literally got destroyed, and then I never <laughs> got bullied ever again. So, like, but, like, the thing with me was I was never a violent kid. Like, the only time I was violent was when I was allowed to be in football. But other than that, I was always just, like, a super chill, super nice kid. Just don't piss me off, I won't piss you off kind of guy, you know? It's just, like, I always had... You know, I learned to have respect for everybody right off the bat, no matter your skin color, no matter who you love, like nothing. Like it was always just respect their someone who's in front of you as long as they're showing you respect, you know. And when when did you you said I think you said choir in there. So, I mean, 
was music, <laughs> uh, you weren't obviously, you are saying you're big into your sport, but there was obviously a bit of the musical um, passion going on at the same time. At what yeah. age did you th- kind of think, this is what I want to do? Like, when did you abandon the idea of going forward with the football? Um, that was kind of like, uh, it was kind of around the same time I was doing football and doing the music thing. So like when I first got into high school, my freshman year, um, my best friend who was my age, he had an older brother who was like into music. We used to hang out in like the garage and, um, we called this place, like this was our haven. We went there and like, he had a drum set and the guitar set up and we would just like sit there and jam, like taking back Sunday songs and like white stripes as stuff that was like super easy to play and we really just like had fun with it and never really thought much of it and uh there was this one time where i just kind of like i was like singing a taking back sunday song and i did like a screaming part in the end and everyone was just like yeah that was kind of cool i was like yeah that felt kind of cool like (laughs) and i started like listening to more heavier music i started getting more into like the music side of things and i I was still playing football still doing my thing and it was great but then it became like the decision my senior year, um, what do I want to pursue? Do I want to pursue music or do I want to be a football star? And uh, in 11th grade, I got into a really bad, I got a really bad injury during one of the drills we were doing. And um, that kind of scared me half to death. I was like, man, if I got hit a little bit harder, or a little bit different the wrong way, I would have been paralyzed from the neck Ooh. down. And like um, doctors always said, just like, be careful, don't go too crazy. Cause it might, you know, you could reactivate um, I have spinal spasms in my back, so it's like oh. you could reactivate it, and it could be really bad for you. So, I mean, I still headbang hard as shit, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's nothing like you know colliding with another human being at full force. And you know, I was kind of scared, so I was like, you know what, I I'm really kind of digging the music thing. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, I've made a ton of friends through the music scene, and I was just like, you know what, I. I I'm I'm good on football. I think I want to. I think I want to do music, just because that's where, that's where I started to like feel like my life was actually starting to be awesome. Was when I started like doing music. I started hanging out with all these different groups of kids that were just all like minded. We all kind of loved the same stuff. We hated the same things. <laughs> didn't have the best home lives, so we all always had something to relate to, and uh, I, I just felt more comfortable in that in that so i was like super psyched that music kind of saved me in that point you know and i mean with with that period you know you've kind of not really screaming then you start listening to heavier music um what were the kind of bands that kind of really drew you into you know the brutal side of music so so I guess it kind of really started off with like a little mud vein, a little slipknot, poison the well. It was just like starting to get more aggressive. And I was listening to like it dies today. Um, and all like these other metalcore bands. But then like I had a friend that was always into a lot heavier stuff and I wasn't really into it, but I was not closed minded to it. So like he showed me this, um, uh, he showed me 3750. Ooh, yeah. Casey, a strain record. Mm-hmm. And the anger in Vincent's voice on that record blew my mind, blew my mind completely. And I was just like, oh, my God, like this, that is a possibility to portray that much anger in just a voice. That's a thing. That's interesting. So, like, I started 
kind of doing the same thing. I was like, I listened to that record super hard. And I was like, yeah, this is sick. Then I heard about Whitechapel. I was like, whoa, this is sick. And then it just started like an ongoing thing from there. But like, I kind of like was a late bloomer in the metal scene just because like I, I grew up in a house full of women. I was listening to like pop R&B, hip hop and like all this other stuff. I'm like, it but means, I would always have like my little bit of metal. Got, it means yeah. you've got some swagger and you can dance, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, I got you know, I'm I'm got part Mexican, so I got the hips <laughs> for it. You know. got, got the little Hispanic what's, twang to it. What's so. what's the phrase? The hips don't lie. So you know, you, you've <laughs> the got... hips the hips don't <laughs> lie. Man. The hips never lie. So now you're discovering things like you know the acacia strain and stuff, and your voice. How did you start? you know, developing it into this beast that we know that it is now. <laughs> well, I did, um, with listening to all these different bands I was listening to, they all had different types of screams and they were all so interesting to me. Like the dude from poison, the well had like such a crazy, he had, he had a crazy voice. Like Vincent had a crazy voice. Um, Phil has this ridiculous low that I never could understand. And, it was just like seeing a combination of all of these voices. I just kept mimicking them. I would like just scream over their songs in the car all the time. And uh, I just liked the different ranges. So I always wanted to have a very broad range so I can kind of do whatever I wanted. I was like the utility players and everything. So mm. I was just like, if I, if I could do everything pretty good, I think I'm going to be okay. But then I just like started honing in on each different part of each different voice that I can now do. And it's been pretty insane. Like it's so crazy seeing the things I could do now that I couldn't back then. And it's just like, that all comes with like time too. So like just like constantly being joining like these different types of bands each time. Like I was in so many different styles of bands that it made me do all these different voices and I had to be really good at them or else we'd suck. So <laughs> I, <laughs> so I, um, so I guess that's really where, where all that started. But like, now it's just like, now it's just a fun little thing for me to try to like learn even more different voices and different tones and different styles and, and trying them and trying to do it in a way that I know my body could physically do it. Cause as we all know, we're not, we're not supposed to scream. We weren't put on this earth to just start screaming. It's just something that we've kind of developed and have done. So like to see the creation of all these different like types of vocals is so interesting over the years. And these there's these young kids coming out of nowhere with these insane monstrous voices. And it's like, what the hell? The human body is crazy. It is. And I mean, you obviously, from what you're saying there, you obviously treat it like an instrument. You know, there's obviously you've trained it, as you say, along the way. Was was there any moments you know you hear some people with with you know doing the screams that they you know shoot out their voice and can't talk for a period was there any of that during your first you know period of learning to scream yeah absolutely um and i feel like i feel like every vocalist will go through that but then they start understanding what their body's able to do to where you don't need to you you won't hurt yourself all the time so i like yeah when i first started screaming like I would definitely taste blood in the back of my throat. I'd be really winded and like, I never, it just, I just wanted to sound brutal. So that's just all I focused on. And to me, vocals is a mental game too. So like if you psych yourself out and make yourself too excited, you're not going to sound like how you want to sound. So like over the years, I learned that control is a very huge part of vocals where you need to actually like 
focus on the notes you're trying to hit, not just like go and attack them and look crazy because you're on stage and there's people staring at you. It's like, don't do that. You're going to freak out. You're not going to sound good. Once you have that control and you learn that breath control and you learn which way you need to like tighten your throat to make these certain noises, like you start watching yourself progress. And it's an amazing feeling. It's like, I remember my very first tour with Fit for an Autopsy. It was, uh, um, it was, five or six weeks five and a half weeks uh very first tour we drove from new jersey to california for the first show so we got there like right as we were supposed to get on stage so we went up there rushed we ripped the whole set that was my first show ever with them like in front of that kind of crowd and it was insane but we had literally a show every day for eight days straight and i've never done that before in my life so after day three, I was just like, ah! Ah! Oh, God! No. then it was just like, you're just going to fight through it. You, and you just mentally have to fight through it. You just have to like, I, that's when I started learning. It's like, all right, don't blow it all in one load. Don't blow it all in one load. Just start controlling it. Don't go too crazy. You don't need to move too crazy there. You're going to know that you're crazy based off your voice. Just, just relax and do it. So I kept, putting little mental notes after every show put mental notes in my head every day like don't do this don't do this remember to do this remember to breathe during this part slug some water during this like it's crazy once you start doing the whole touring thing how much you act your body has to actually adjust to what you do so you could do it at full capacity every single day i mean you know? part, part of that also must be that you you're obviously in a bit of a routine with what you do prior and after the show i mean you must have a set routine i mean are you someone that has to drink water or tea or something after a set or you know is there a routine um, you have i try i try um to just drink a ton of water during the day like before i play just so i can have a moist throat the entire time i'm, I'm well hydrated um i just make sure i drink water all day and I'll probably have like a hot drink, not like too super like sweltering hot and not too close to the set. I try to drink just water closer to the set because I don't want to burp or like uh, or like. Oh, I also don't eat three hours before I play. Yeah, because you don't like, want to throw up, do you? That's that's my mark. I just don't want the opportunity to throw up. A lot of the guys that I've toured with, I'm just like, how long before you eat? He's like, I just ate just now. I'm about to go up and play. I'm like, <laughs> how do you do that? Like. I, I guess it's just the way that I scream, though, too, because I, I throw my entire body into it. And it's like I literally could throw up at any moment, but I'm just holding it back the entire time. <laughs> Jeez. <That's> something, it, <laughs> something that's exciting with your vocals is, I guess, you know, the phrase is pay it forward. Um, you do a lot of vocal stuff nowadays online. Um, is that something that, you wanted to do or is that something you got a lot of requests to do um at first i was just like you know what it kind of would be cool to see like because i hadn't i did have uh have a lot of people ask me like oh you should do vocal lessons you should do this you should do that and it's just like yeah i should but i want to build like a nice regiment first before i like before i even get into that plus i want to like know what i'm talking about before i just go into like just start teaching people so i guess the to start it off, I was just like, you know what, I'm I'm doing the whole Twitch thing, so I might as well do like a vocal stream, and just see how that does. Just like, cause I I feel like kids would be interested to see 
what I sound like not on a recording and if they can't see me live, what do I do at home to keep myself like strong vocally? So um, there's some vocal streams that I'll do where I'll just like do whatever song, whatever fit songs that like people request in there. And it's just practice for me. And uh, I think that it's cool to let kids see and hear the things that I'm doing with my throat, even at home. Um, and when it's, happening more often and they can like consistently see it they can kind of just like study it i guess so i guess it was just kind of cool to be able to have that little connection with people and have vocal talks because i like talking to people that understand vocals and understand the muscles in your throat and stuff like that so those conversations get very interesting and you um, do it while you're driving too yeah i probably shouldn't do that <laughs> that's probably very legal like you know i try to do it only when i'm on straightaways and there's no one in front of me so i'm just like you know what cool and oh, i did one in traffic because i was just like yeah i'm feeling this right now and then the person next to me is looking at me i'm like yeah dude i'm doing this in my car right now what's up well that's the thing i'm not worried about the legal ramifications i'm worried about how people are staring at you while they're sitting in front of you with the civil lines. oh my goodness i mean even when the camera's not on me i'm still screaming and i just like i like look at people and they're just like they'll quickly look away and it's just it's so fun it turns into a game after a while it's like i don't care what you guys think about me this is me practicing this is my livelihood this is what i do like and, you know you can't, you can't care about what other people think like oh my god look at that dorky screaming in his car yeah and i'm also doing that professionally so <laughs> shut up doofus <laughs> now i want to go back to when you kind of joined fit for an autopsy so you were saying earlier that you're in quite a few different bands different styles and yeah. fit for an autopsy were i mean i guess you could say they were an established band already there was two albums already in um and they lost their vocalist then they had a guy kind of fill in but how did you join the fit for an autopsy fold so <clears throat> I knew Tim. Uh, he, me and him live in Long Island, New York. Um, and I've been around the music scene with him for a long time. We never like were really like close friends or anything, but like I always played like a couple shows and he was there. And I remember playing this one show with, uh, with one of my old local bands. And uh, he came up to me afterwards. He's like, yo, your voice sounds crazy. I was like, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Congratulations on joining Fit for an Autopsy. They're like one of my favorite bands because like he was, he had just joined them at that point. He mm -hmm. just got like the full-time position and I was like, that's super sick, man. Uh, Nate Johnson never leaves. You better hit me. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I kind of like sideways punished him for a few years. I was like, Nate Johnson's... Uh, not looking like he's staying around, so uh, <laughs> let your boy know. And uh, then they they ended up getting this other dude, um, and I was I was like, no, my chance is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, I went and I saw them at AMH, which is a venue um, by me. Like a good friend of mine owns the venue. And I was there for the show because, again, I love Fit for an Autopsy, and I wanted to check out this vocalist. And I heard him, and I was like. Oh my God. it's 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 cool like he's got a really cool voice it just it, for me knowing and like loving hellbound and the process process of human extermination i was like 
I, I want it to be tougher than that. Like, and I'm not saying that the, the other vocalist was, was not tougher, like not in any way, good shape or form. He's insane. He's a really good vocalist. I just don't think the style of his vocals worked really well with fit. And I was so bummed. And I was like, damn it. And then, uh, then I saw he ended up leaving. I was like, Tim, please. <laughs> and, and he still, like, he never reached out. And I was like, you mother, <sighs> come on, dude. Whatever. Whatever. I'll, I'll never get my shot. I'm going to just stay a barber. I'll make a lot of money, and I'll do my cool, cool. I mean, I was killing it. I was doing really well. I was making a lot of money cutting hair. I was like, ah, what if I, what if I don't want to tour because I'm making good money? And I was like, ah, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see what happens. So then they get like this other fill-in dude in Australia, um, and they did the tour with him, and like they weren't psyched on it at all. And I remember I was cutting my old bass player's hair at the barber shop. It was like my last haircut of the night, and uh, I was just telling him like, dude, I, I don't know how much longer I can like do this band with you guys, like. It's I feel like I'm the only one that wants to do all this stuff. Like I was always the one that was a little more motivated than everyone else. Everyone else was just kind of like, oh yeah, cool, be there. Like oh yeah, well, whatever. Like no big <laughs> deal. Kind of. Um, so I was like, I can't do this stuff anymore. I need to find some serious stuff. So I get this phone call, and I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, this is not like, it's like this is like a robot calling me or something. This is like way too many digits. Like. And obviously, you guys in Australia, there's a lot more digits in there, like mm -hmm. a couple extra digits. And I was like, I don't know what this number is, but I'm going to answer it. So I answer it. He's like, Joe? I'm like, yes. He's like, hey, this is Pat from Fit for an Autopsy. And I literally looked at my bass player. I said, I fucking quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I, I didn't know if I was allowed to curse or not. Yeah, you can fucking but, um, swear all you want. <laughs> all right, cool, 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 cool. So... <laughs> So he continues to tell me, he's like, hey, so Tim just showed me this track and I'm very interested. So like, I'm going to have Will Putney call you in a little bit and um, maybe you guys could set up something like a tryout or something. So I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. Let me know. So um, I get off the phone with him. I finish my bass player's haircut the fastest I ever did it. I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going. I'm waiting for this phone call. So as I'm leaving uh, the barbershop, I'm just about to put the key in the door and lock it. I get a phone call from Will. He's like, hey, it's Will. I was like, oh, my God, Will Putney's calling my phone right now. This is fucking nuts. He recorded so many sick albums that I've listened to over the years, and it's insane. So he uh, he was like, hey, so I'm going to send you uh, Travelers. Do you know Travelers? I was like, I know every fucking song on Hellbound. Don't you dare disrespect <laughs> me like that. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, give me literally give me any song I'll and um, he's like, oh, okay, cool. So I'll give you Travelers. Just send me the track uh, with just your vocal. We'll just do one vocal track, no dubs, no effects, no nothing, just raw voice. I was like, okay. So I instantly called one of my friends and got over to the studio really fast. Um, and he, we did the track in like 15, 20 minutes. Like I said, I knew, knew the song like the back of my hand. I loved that record. So... I sent it to him, and like 15, 20 minutes later, he's like, "So, do you you want to uh, you want to come to Jersey this day and like talk to me and Pat and see where we can go from there?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it." So I went and I met up with them in Jersey. We met up at this place, Topaz, which is like one of our favorite uh, Thai restaurants in Jersey, and um, 
we're sitting there and we're talking and they're like, so before we can like say yes to you or anything or move forward, I just want to like make a couple things clear. Like, are you like, we know you're, uh, you're, you do well as a barber. So are you willing to not make as much money as you're making right now and do this full time? Like no bullshit. And I was like, yeah, I'm a hundred percent ready to take on that. 100% I was like at that moment I was like ah, this is the dream I've been like looking for this is my chance this is where I can actually be surrounded by like legit musicians and like this could be a real good thing this is this is what I want to do for the rest of my life so yes 100% I will do that I don't care about the money I'll figure that stuff out like well I'm gonna get it done this is what I want to do so Fuck. I joined and it was insane but there's always like people that want to like push you the other way that don't want you to make that decision that don't understand like they don't understand that that's what i wanted my whole life and like i will stop at nothing to get what i want you know just as everyone kind of should um, it, it's it's a great leap that you took because what was it what was the obviously there's excitement going on for you you know it's like oh my fucking god i've joined one of my favorite bands but were you at all nervous were you um anticipating oh, yeah. i mean what was going through your head like was it a bit of everything it was a bit of everything yeah but i, I was definitely very nervous um just like the first meetings wise because i just didn't want to come off like some like really young kid that like uh, was dumb i was like i wanted to come off like professional and do my thing so like of course i had like my little jitters but usually i work very good in like um in high pressure uh, situations so like I was just kind of kind of coasting through everything like the only times I really got like super uh, nervous was like the first couple shows. Other than that, I was just like, yo, you you need to do your thing. You need to be the guy. Let's be the guy. And like I have these conversations with myself all the time, like kind of keeps myself motivated and keeps myself pushing to be a better uh, musician and a person, you know. And how was, you know, did you slot into the band pretty much like like you'd always been there? Was it pretty easy, like you were part of the family pretty much automatically? Um, yeah, they were they were very welcoming as soon as I joined. Like everyone was super nice. Um it if it, it did feel seamless. It was like, yo, I'm here, let's do this. Like they didn't make me feel awkward, they didn't make me feel out of place or anything. Um but like, of course, like first tour, like I've never toured before. So like, I don't know the rules on everything. I, I'm just kind of like feeling my way through life right now. I'm <laughs> just joined my favorite band. Like, tell me what to do. I'm ready to go. Put me in coach. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, so like we've had we've had our differences a few times, just like me being very green from touring right off the bat. But like nowadays, it's just like we just had grown men differences like. I love all of them equally. They're all amazing. They're amazing players and they're amazing dudes. They do really cool stuff when they're home. They're very good people. So I'm I'm very lucky to be surrounded by a bunch of really good dudes, you know? And you kind of, when you joined, um, you know, you obviously had a couple of tours, but it was pretty much within that first year or so, you're suddenly in the recording studio and you guys did absolute hope, absolute hell. Um, oh, Yeah. How I, how was that? I mean, did you contribute um, all 
lyrically or was some of it already written before you joined? I mean, where were the band at when that was going on? So that conversation also happened that dinner. He's like, when are you ready to record? I was like, um, well, I don't, I haven't even heard the music yet. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have, uh, anything. He's like, no, it's all like written. Like, I just need, I need you to like kind of do it. I was like, um, whenever dude, like, I, I guess. Yeah. Whenever, just tell me when you need me to be there. And, um, he was like, can you come next week? I was like, sure uh okay <laughs> so like i literally got there week of and i i got there the week of and literally went, went into the studio with just me and will and i was nervous dude i was so nervous he's never heard me scream before um he's like literally gonna see it right now so the first couple screams, I was just nervous screams. I squeaked. It was just <laughs> bad. Like I could just tell I was shaking. I was just so nervous. And um, Will was really cool, man. Like he he just him talking to me, like kind of relaxed me and made me feel a little more confident. He's like, "Yo, man, just just like do your thing. Like you you sound really good. You just just need to tighten up some some things, and we'll you'll you'll be rocking. You're doing really good." I'm like, "All right, good, good, really cool." <laughs> And um, there was like a few screams I did on that record where I just like saw his face and I was like, yes, yes, that's the face of it's sick. And I like that face. Yes. <laughs> and um, after like, I think we were sitting there with uh, Marshy. Uh, he plays guitar for Thy Art is Murder. Mm-hmm. It was me, Marshy, um, Will, I think uh, either Lee, their drummer or. Or Sean, I don't remember who else was in there, but we were all standing in there. And of course, I love Thy Art is Murder too. And this is the first time I'm meeting them as well. So I was like, this is crazy. Um, so like we're all off talking about like what what was just being tracked. And they're like, How do you like scream like that? And like they're like, Can you show us? And I was like, Oh my god, I don't have a microphone. This I feel like a damn <laughs> monkey, monkey play, monkey play. I was like, This is crazy right now. So I tried to do it and I was like, Oh, it sounds way different <clears throat> when it's on a microphone. <laughs> sorry it's like no 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 it's cool i was like god damn it i felt so stupid i was like oh they think i suck (laughs) (laughs) and this is all going on in my head they could be thinking like oh my god this guy's sick and i'm in my head i'm in my own head like yo i suck so bad holy shinoli and then uh i don't even know if that's a word or a saying we're running with sometimes (laughs) sometimes things just happen and you just go with it commit you just got but yeah, I've been, it was it was definitely nerve wracking during that first record. But I'm very very proud of what we did with that record. I'm like, even like voices that I didn't know I I could do, I just kind of did them, and I was like, wow, this is fun. And I started like having fun with those kind of voices, like in Ghosts in the River, where it's like that pitch screamy singing stuff. I was like, this is stuff that I love. Like, I want to start doing this, like, and start understanding this more, so I can get a cooler tone and maybe hit some different ranges you know and how that album was really well received i mean um i was shocked i was like nate johnson's gone no one's gonna give a shit about me (laughs) (laughs) but you guys it seemed like the the reception and the kind of favoritism i don't know if that's a word but we're gonna throw that word in there made the band onto another level i mean suddenly 
Fit for an Autopsy were up there with a band that everyone was talking about. Like that album, everyone was like, I had random people come up to me and go, fuck, have you heard the new Fit for an Autopsy? I'm like, yeah, I'm already on it. Already on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's sick. It's like, you know, so what was it like? Because you guys started playing bigger shows. Not that you weren't playing bigger shows already, but things really started momentum for the, for you guys. Yeah, and that that's me just like coming straight into it too. So like I didn't really know they've been through prior to that. Like I know I've just seen them do a bunch of tours and stuff, but um I didn't know like how big the shows were or anything. Um the only show that I I saw them play at once was like in New York City and it was with them and the artist murder and I forget the other bands, but like it was insane. Like the show was sold out, it was nuts. I was like, This is what these guys do every night. Then when I first joined um, we did that tour and I was like, this is huge. Like, this is nuts. And we put out the record on that tour. And once that record came out, we started getting so much like positive feedback and like, it was so cool. And then I started getting all these messages on my social medias and stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, kids are responding to this. Like they don't hate me. Holy shit. This is <laughs> sick. Like, um, so I got like really, really excited. I was like very proud. It made me even more proud of that record. And I was like, man, now, now I want to focus on crushing the next record. So let's go, Will. Let's get in the studio. Let's do the damn thing. <laughs> and in between, so in between that next record, you, you decided to lend your voice to a Nine Inch Nails cover. Yes. Fuck. Uh, yes. <laughs> I uh, and I'm gonna be very, very like blunt about this i didn't hear i like never i probably heard that song once before but like i never really listened to that song wow. and when they came up with the idea for the cover i was like i never heard i never really listened to like this song but like i'll i'll do it like we were talking about all these different covers and i knew like a couple of the other ones um but they were all like it could be really cool if we did something that no one would really expect and is actually really well done musically and we can make it make a really cool version out of it. I was like, yo, I'm down. You guys seem to know what the hell you're doing. I'm just long. Just tell me, <laughs> tell me where to go. Tell me where to stand. Tell me when to open my mouth. Tell me when to shut the fuck up. All right. Just, that's <laughs> just tell me what to do. I'm, I'm ready to go. So I just like listened to the song, like for about an hour and then just went straight in there and was just like, let's do it. Fuck. Wow. It was, and I was actually kind of psyched and it got me really into it. So I was just like, started listening to a few songs. I didn't like get too far into it, but then, but, uh, but it was, it was very exciting. And I love challenges like that. I feel like it challenges me and it challenges me to be a better musician overall. So I, I, I thought it was really fun. And speaking of challenges, I think, you know, the, the following album you did, The Great Collapse, for me, as a listener, it feels like the whole band feels like you were challenging yourself and it's come across amazing, like outstanding. But were you really, from the offset, looking to push yourself or was part of that Will also trying to push you? Because there's songs like Iron Moon, Black Mammoth, that it has moments that you did from the previous album, but it also has these things that, were really left field, like not really expected. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like a combined effort. Like I love the fact that Will's always willing to like push to like try something different or try something harder. And I'm all for that. So like 
I'm always trying to progress myself and do crazier different things. But knowing that I can do them live and knowing that I can actually physically do them and making it a realistic thing, not just like writing something from a producer standpoint and being like, here, play this. Like, no, we formed it into what we know is possible and we know is going to sound at least from what we think. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, how was the expectation of doing a second album? Did you have second album jitters? Were you worried that, okay, I've done really well with my first album with this band. Fuck, this better not, you know, turn up being a pile of hot mess. Uh, yeah, those those thoughts are obviously in your head the entire time on every like next record cycle that you're about to do. But when I got the music sent to me, I was just like, this is hard let's go (laughs) like i get pumped on things like that like i try not to get too nervous because that's when i get my my work just becomes nervous Mm -hmm. you don't feel calm like so i was just pumped every single time every time i was like yeah we're gonna start recording soon i was like yes pumped let's go uh so when we when we did that record it was just it was powerful and like tried all these different noises and sounds and different tone of voice that is more natural to me because on the first record i feel like i had really high expectations to sound like someone that i didn't think i sounded like um so i didn't really push the fact that i wanted like my natural screaming voice on there I just kind of like did some altering like to change tone but like now i feel like i've gotten into this groove where i, I have this this voice that is mine not trying to imitate someone else, not trying to sound like someone else, not trying to be someone else. This is this is what I sound like. And that's what got me really excited about The Great Collapse. Uh, songs like Iron Moon, which are just like super heavy, aggressive, fast, makes you bob your head really crazy. And then stuff like Black Mammoth, which is like powerful in a different way, not through its heaviness. It's a different type of heavy, I think. Mm. It's not just like one giant breakdown. It's like it's an emotional roller coaster with these riffs that are riding like the drums that are just pounding so hard. And it's just, it was a total different emotion on that record. And I think that we got that over through to people the way we wanted to, like they felt a different style of heavy. They don't just think breakdowns are just heavy. They think this is heavy now, which is really cool. It is. It's like you said, it, there is a different heavy. I think the overall atmosphere of the album is heavy. That's not saying the other ones aren't, you know, haven't got the same atmosphere, but it just, it's crushing from the offset. Yeah, thank you. Um, now, this leads to the next question, which is an obvious one. You know, that, that was 2017, yes? Now, you're on, yeah. you're on a new label. You're on Nuclear Blast now. Mm-hmm. And I've heard things that you're writing and or maybe recording. Is there stuff on the horizon for you guys? Is there is it next year we'll hear something or you know, we've still got a couple of months, we've got two months left. I mean, could you smash it out before the end of the year? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I so with signing with the new label, of course, we're definitely gonna be putting putting something out, but um, as far as talking too much about it, I can't really discuss, but just know that we're working on some stuff and I am pumped. I am pumped. Uh, the writing process has been going really, really well. 
So it's like just piecing everything together and then looking at it and being like, we're going to create this now. Fuck so, it. yeah, well, I'm like, I'm so pumped. Uh, I, I just want to start doing more things like, but I can't say too much further than that. <laughs> is it, is it, is it going to be a Michael Jackson's cover album? I, I fucking hope so, dude. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. fucking hope so. <laughs> like crushing breakdowns in the middle of Thriller. Oh my God. Like that would, dude, that would go off. Dude, Thriller is going to, they're going to, it's going to blow some heads off. You know, <laughs> I can't say much more than that, but it's going to blow some heads. You know, you might turn your head left, and right, real fast, and I don't know, you might lose it. Now, just quickly going back to the Great Collapse, something <laughs> that you guys did that was really um, interesting and unique for a band nowadays is you did the Rain City edition, which yes. was, you know, everything done um, stripped back. As you guys said, you know, no polish, no production, just literally recorded and put out. Um, mm-hmm. How was that? How was that received? And whose idea was it? Was it collectively, let's do this? or Because um, it's really well, different. For like... For, uh, for the whole for the rain cities like when we yeah for when the we whole thing to it. yeah the whole thing oh. the, it's very different a lot of bands nowadays you know if they do something live or record mm-hmm. it or whatever they always then add the polish and make it shiny and sound like the exact recording it was but the reason the rain city works so well is it's so raw and powerful yeah um, and is we- live. Yes, we wanted to keep the rawness to it, and that's what we wanted to like express. Like, um, we want like when we got the offer, we're like, this could be really cool because it, it's like you get one chance to do this. Like that, it, it wasn't recorded like a bunch of times, and we were just like, oh, we'll just piece it all together. It wasn't recorded separately. It was just it was one live thing, one run through, one shot, one chance. And like, if you crush it, you crush it. If you didn't, well, the internet's going to blast you for it. So (laughs) we, (laughs) we tried really hard to like keep it as raw and as powerful and true to what we sound like live. Um, and trying to get as close to the record as possible, like sound wise, but like the raw element of it makes it sound in my opinion, way heavier. I think it sounded so cool. I'm like super proud of it. I think when it came out, I was like, this is crazy. This actually sounds really good. That's us, guys. Look, it's us. <laughs> it is. I think it's um I had some friends of mine that actually that's how they discovered the band was through seeing that footage. Um that's, and then became that's fans. Really cool. Um I think that shows exactly what it is. It's fucking it's it's just dope. It's fucking dope. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I'm super psyched on it. the guys there um, at the Rain City Recorders. Is they were all so nice, super cool, very easy to work with. It was just like it was a great day, and like the amount of kids that showed up was just nuts. Like we sent out like 200. It was it's a free show, but you had to. It was like invite only, so you would message us on our Facebook, and we would instantly send you an invite. First 200, um, and there was like 250 people squeezed in there, <laughs> and it was nuts it was nuts and like part of the video you can like hear someone guys relax it's a studio (laughs) (laughs) so the last couple of things i want to talk about is you mentioned along there barbering and also you know anyone that follows you on instagram knows about your barber you know career yes um Mm -hmm. how did you find 
that path and what about it made you want to do it? So um, I kind of just fell into barbering. It wasn't something that I was like looking forward to doing. It wasn't like a career that I ever like really thought about seriously. Like when I was younger, like my aunt used to cut my hair. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like I could probably do that with my friends one day. That'd be cool. But um, I was like in a really bad spot. Um, I didn't have really like the best home life. And uh, at the time, I didn't really have a home at all. So my barber reached out to me and he, I guess, heard about my situation through like friends. And um, he was like, hey, man, like if, if you need a job, you want to make some money. Let's like let's teach you. Uh, I could teach you how to cut hair if you want to do that. Like you when I was cutting your hair, like you were always like interested in asking questions about things that I'm doing. So I feel like you're very teachable. Like, let's 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 get you started. So I went and I met up with him at the barbershop and he gave me a pair of clippers. He let, gave me his other pair of scissors and he started teaching me that day and um, it was going really well. And um, he was, he was very sick uh, also. So like he, there would be times where he wasn't able to come in where I would sit there and study via like YouTube videos. And he didn't, he wasn't very savvy with the internet. So I was like, I'm savvy with the internet. I'll just like look up a ton of videos on certain things. Like tell me what I need to work on and I'll literally just look it up. So I would just sit there and watch YouTube videos all day and like, I was kind of there by myself sometimes like and people would walk in i'm like ah, <laughs> uh you want what oh, okay this one kid came in he wanted to uh, like a star on the side of his head i was like dude i've been cutting hair for three weeks um i'm not i can't even draw a star very well like i don't want to do that for you he's like you can give it a try i, I don't worry i'm not really about it i was like um hold on one second. So I went in the back and I grabbed a pen and a piece of paper and I drew a star for him. I was like, this is what your star is going <laughs> to look like. If you let me do this on the side of your head, it might not even look like this. Like I'm trying to push him away from wanting to get this star. So bad. he's like, no man, I trust you. I was like, I don't trust myself, but let's do this. So I just did it and it sucked. And he <laughs> walked out with it and he still paid me. And I was like, sick awesome <laughs> but then uh, i started getting like into a patch where i was just like i feel like i'm not really learning that much like he's been really sick and like i don't really have someone teaching me so like i went over to this other barber shop because they reached out to me and were like yo i think you're doing well i think you could just do better if you had a little more guidance from like not just one barber but a few barbers so why don't you come over here and apprentice over here and you know we'll get you started and when chris is feeling better we'll bring him over here and you guys will all work together i was like let's do that that's awesome so me being in the music scene uh, as much as I was, I ended up getting a ton of my friends and a ton of kids from the music scene to just come down and just get free haircut. Like I would just give them free haircut. Fuck. And um, so me, I was like the busiest apprentice in that shop. <laughs> I, had, I, I was just as booked up as like every other barber in there. And I just had all my friends in there. And I think that that really helped me out a lot having so many people to work on every day got my hands and my eyes like getting better at it so um i think i really excelled in like my first five what was it after my fifth month of barbering they gave me a, a full-time chair gave, they made me a full-time barber yeah and how usually it takes two years but oh, they like they they gave it to me right away and i was like that's insane they're like you worked really hard for it you came from at literally nothing and now look what you're doing so like we think you deserve this this is great i was like that's literally amazing thank you <laughs> and how long have you been doing it in total 
about seven years now. Fuck. And do you yeah, still dude, do you still get the same you know kick out of it? Do you still enjoy it as much as you did when you were first learning? Um, it depends. Like if it's a really busy day and I'm just not feeling the day, I'm just like, God, I don't want to be here right now. But it's just like any other job. But at the end of the day. I still have so much fun with certain haircuts that I do on people. I like when people kind of want to step out of the box and try something different. You know, um, I tend to do this, a lot of the same haircut once in a while and it just, it becomes tedious. So I'm just like, ah, whatever. Okay. This is cool. And then like watching the fades, like progress through the years, it's just like, yeah, that's awesome. It's really nice. But now I want to try some different thing. Cause like, I don't know. I kind of don't ever like feeling stuck in one thing. Just like same thing with like vocals. I don't want to just do one thing. I kind of want to do, a bunch of different things. I want to be able to open up and do flat tops and afros and mohawks and all this other stuff. So like I was, I, I, I get excited when I get like different haircuts. And has, so uh, as a kind of uh, in Australia, the way barbers has slowly got more popular. I mean, we went through a period here where, you know, you really couldn't find a barbershop. And if you did find one, it was Giuseppe's barbershop and he'd only give mm-hmm. you one style of haircut. Um, yes. So you better be happy with that haircut. Um, yes. <laughs> but it, it's now it's now seeing a big revival here. What's it been like um, over your side of the pond? Is it always been pretty popular or is it getting gradually more popular? I feel like when I started about seven years ago, that's when it kind of started to like kick off because like, we all didn't really have like a bunch of barbers to choose from or like barbershops that were like really sick. And like, once I started doing that, I guess maybe it's cause I just like stepped into that realm. Now I'm like seeing like how barbering is, but like after that first year, I started seeing more younger kids, like just starting to be like starting to go to barbering school. Like, oh, I want to be a barber now. I was just like, huh, that's interesting. Like, now barbering's like starting to be like a thing huh then instagram came into play and everyone was being able to post their pictures and then that was then a cool thing so then like there was a ton of barbers that would that would just come out just to like do the whole like be cool thing and then there was barbers that wanted to like actually be really good barbers and showcase their really good work so there was a time period where well it still is a time period where like it uh sometimes barbering is just a fashion to some people and then sometimes barbering is just like something that they truly love to do so um once instagram opened up all those avenues for people we started seeing barbershops popping up all over the place all these kids are becoming barbers now there's so many barbers there's so many barbershops now uh, every barber is covered in tattoos too <laughs> so it's like it's now like a, its own culture you know which is cool I, I like that um we're very similar it's like I know tattooers hate this but like we we always get like mixed in with like oh you guys are kind of like tattooers it's like yeah, they definitely have way crazier things to worry about than we do. Yours grows back, theirs doesn't. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, we have a little more room for error. But the way that we work is pretty much the same. We'll work our long hours. We'll do as many haircuts or tattoos as we need to do. And we work on the same money basis, you know. Hmm. Of course, they have a very much higher pay grade than we do. We need to do, like, 30, 40 haircuts a day to do what they make in one tattoo. So. <laughs> now as as a barber um what's your opinion on a mullet love it oh love it bring me the mullets <laughs> baby my friend one of my very dearest friends dan duffy he's like the best dude ever he literally he runs like a motocross um 
like park kind of thing. So he was like, I want to be that guy that's just like, kind of looks like the hippie dude that's just like, oh, look, it's Duffy. Ha, huh? Duffy's such a <laughs> dork. I fucking love that guy. He looks like such white trash. So he's like, make me look the most white trash pop. <laughs> and he's like, he showed me a picture of Lethal Weapon Mel Gibson, and he's like, I want that mullet. And I was like, Oh my god, yes! <laughs> so I gave him an awesome mullet, and he has been rocking it ever since. So like, I always, I'm always the only person that. Yeah, bring the, bring the mullet back. It's very popular in certain sec- sectors of Australia. So, um, oh, know, so good. Yeah, it's a pretty it- pretty wild haircut. Um, what is it, it is business up front party up the back yeah business in front party in the back yeah yes. now That's what it is last question i got joe um before we kind of wrap things up is you and gaming you're, bi- you're big into your games <laughs> like like man you love your games like and there's nothing wrong with that i think oh, it's man. i think it's dope um where where did the fascination for games start with for you and like what's all of this online gaming twitch thing because as a novice i mean i'm not really sure mm. about it i know people can watch you play games but you know kind of break yes. that down as well okay so we'll start with like just where i started into video games my dad was a was a computer guy my entire life we always had a computer in the house and once he started playing like video games on the computer it was like really interesting and he had always seen him playing with his friends and i was like this is so sick like i want to play you won't let me play let me play dad let me play i want to play games <laughs> They were like, no, no, not yet. And then, like, once he finally let me, like, play this game, it was Rainbow Six. It was the first Rainbow Six Tom Clancy game. And it was a first-person shooter. And I was like, and he watched me play, and he's like, that's actually not bad. And, like, so he just, he gave me his old computer when he built a computer, and I just started playing, like, PC games from there. And then um, got into consoles. I had the N64s. I, I had pretty much had every console from 1995 and up. Wow. Uh, yeah, I literally had every game console. I just got super into it. I would play so many different games. But I always like was super into like the NHL games and first-person shooters, anything that was like super competitive and like fun, where you feel like you're the man. You're the man. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So I got into gaming really, really young. Just always loved it. It was always like another way for me to like relieve stress or just kind of like put myself on uh, on autopilot for a bit. I can just kind of like zone in on my games and forget everything going on around me so um so the whole twitch thing i just got into that about a year ago um so twitch is pretty much a platform where people can watch you game but everyone's always like why would i want to watch someone play video games like i could just play video games why do i want to watch them well there's certain people that you just want to watch because they might be really funny commentating while they're playing the game. They're probably really good at the game. So you like watching some, it's like kind of watching like a sport. You want to watch like someone play, you're going to watch the best people. So mm-hmm. Twitch is kind of like the area where you could find the best gamers and watch them and see their techniques and watch what they're doing. It's like, Oh my God, like I should try this, try that. And um, sometimes they're just really funny. The people that they play with, and it's kind of like a podcast as well. Like there's guys on there that just sit there and talk about news all day. It's kind of like a podcast kind of get your own little tv show if you think about it and um that's when i started doing vocal streams too i was like well no one's doing like these kind of things on there so i was like i think kids would be interested in seeing this so there's so many different avenues that twitch is like touching base on and it's so cool because 
I'm starting to see a bunch of other vocalists and metal bands starting to stream. But like now I just noticed that they're all like just super into games just as much as I am. So I've been playing with like um, I'll play with Phil Bozeman, uh, Dickie Allen, um, Matt Heafy from Trivium. Um, I've just started playing with like a bunch of these dudes and like it's like kids like to see that. They're like, oh, my God, all my favorite singers are playing video games together. That's awesome. So how many people um, tune in? Um, it depends. Uh, mine, uh, because I've only been doing it for about a year, I'm still growing. So like I get like on average, like th about 30 people, 25 to 30 people watching consistently. That's pretty but good. like when I do when I do vocal streams, though, I get I think the last stream I did had 157 average viewers. So it's like playing a, a full show in front of people, you know, like Is 157 people in a room is a lot. Is Twitch something that you can make some side coin off? Oh, of course. You make yeah, you can make money off of like people that subscribe to your channel, but you got to give them a reason to want to subscribe to your channel. What do they get if they subscribe to your channel? They get like emotes. They get um, certain things that shows like a little, a little more of a chance, to, like hang out with you and talk to you and like just support your channel and keep you streaming and going because people just enjoy your company sometimes and like. That's that whole world of Twitch is just enjoying everyone's company, creating a community of people that A, like to play video games together, B, also like metal, and C, are just looking to make some new friends. Okay, uh, so plug it. What's your um, Twitch handle? <laughs> so uh, you can follow me at twitch.tv slash JoeBad. <laughs> Sorry. Tried to do the radio voice. Not good at it. So I'll just never, hey, that was I'll never do that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be. It's twitch.tv slash Joebad, J-O-E-B-A-D. Okay. Um, yeah, it's dude. It's a fun time, man. I enjoy doing it. I do it every day after work because if I'm gonna play games, I might as well just turn the camera on because funny stuff could happen. I could just spin around in a circle and just randomly shoot and hit someone in the face, and it's like, oh, I'm the best. <laughs> Not really. It was just really lucky, and you guys got to see it, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> well anyone that's got twitch make sure you tune in um i'm gonna tell some people i know make sure they tune in um joe our last segment and it's without a doubt the one that everyone that's listening is waiting for it's the pick your poison segment of the show now oh my god what we do here is i give you two options they can be uh -huh. from anything and you need to act like the one you pick is the one you're left with for the rest of your life. Okay. Okay, now some might be easy, some can be hard. Now, okay. we'll start off in the food category. Pizza okay. or burger? What would I live with for the rest of my life? You can only have one. Which one? I can only, I can only have one. I'm going to go with pizza. Okay. I love cheese, man. Okay, chicken or beef? Chicken. Okay. Beer or whiskey? Whiskey. Okay. Dining out or cooking at home? Uh, dining out. Okay. Wow, you're finding these pretty simple at the moment. Cinema mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or couch? I mean, nowadays with the cinemas, it's kind of like a way better couch than you have at home. So, I, I mean, I watch a lot of movies at home, but I do enjoy going to the movies a lot. So, I would say movies. Okay. Beach or snow? Um, beach. Skateboard or rollerblade? Skateboard. Never got into the rollerblades. 
Okay. Surfing or skiing? Surfing. Okay. Now, here's a computer one for you, or gaming one. Mm. PS4 or Xbox? <clears throat> oh, he's, found, he's, gotta, he's finally found a hard you, one. Why'd you go to do this? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. I've been an Xbox guy for a really, really long time. I do like the PlayStation exclusives, but I am more of a fan of the community on Xbox, so I'm going to stay with Xbox. I'm sorry, PlayStation 4 users. I still love you just as equally, but Xbox <laughs> is my fault. Okay. Cat or dog? Dog. I'm allergic to cats. Oh, okay. Now we're getting into a movie section. Now, Terminator okay. or Predator? Terminator. Oh, wow. For sure. Okay. I love Predator. I love Predator, but I'll be back is just, God, what a <laughs> wonderful man. <laughs> Sly or Arnie? Uh, Sly or Ernie? Arnie. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, oh. Who's who's Sly? Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Sylvester. Oh, I didn't know that. Sylvester <laughs> Stallone. Oh, my God. I'll have to go with Sylvester Stallone, man. I love him. Love him. Okay. Love him. Rocky, man. Well, it, it, your next one is Rambo or Rocky. I'm I'm a Rocky guy. I just I, I just feel I love the story. I love, I'm love, Rambo's sick. It's action packed. It's cool. It's just a bunch of shooting. It's really cool. It's awesome. But mm, Rocky's just powerful. Okay, Freddy or Jason. Jason, Freddie touches kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why I thought yeah. about that for a second. <laughs> well, it popped in your head, but we'll just run with that. Freddie, keep Freddie, keep on burning, baby. <laughs> Bond or Bourne? James Bond or Jason Bourne? Yep. James Bond's a pretentious badass. Uh, he's got a lot of money. James, I'll have to go with Bond okay. just because N64 Goldeneye, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, okay. Now, the last movie one is more of a comic book one, but it's Batman or Superman. Batman, don't you ever ask me that question again. <laughs> <laughs> Swiftly oh, moving Batman on, <laughs> Batman forever, my man. Um, Not the movie Batman Forever, but Batman is forever. Well, what about Batman, Batman and Robin? I mean, that little pipsqueak can kick it, but yeah. Batman all the way. Okay, yeah, I agree, though. I, I don't understand. I mean, they, they can agree on the fact that they both are parents. I get it. But Batman will kick his ass. <laughs> Do all the backflips you want. Grapple hook. <laughs> Done. Okay, we got, a couple, we got a couple of music ones. Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. Cannibal Corpse. I'm sorry, I love it. Cannibal Corpse okay. or Black Dahlia Murder? Cannibal Corpse. Okay. Megadeth or Metallica? Metallica. Dave Mustaine's really funny, though. I, it's, he's hilarious. I Just watching him live one time was literally hilarious. I love it. But Metallica. Sabbath or Van Halen? Van Halen. Sorry, guys. I love it. Corn or biscuit? Or a corn biscuit? Oh, my God. Biscuit. Okay. I listen to way more okay. biscuit than I did corn. I do love corn, though. I cannot hate them at all. 
Love them. Now, the last three are in the mosh pit or up the back watching the show? What age period are we talking? Uh, right now. <sighs> right now, it's just like I'm I'm so burnt out from all, all the pit days, but. You know what? I'll, I'll stay in the pit with my bros. I'll keep the horns up with the pit. Yeah, I'm staying in the pit. Touring or recording? Oh, touring. And last one. This is the only one that's a triple one. CD, vinyl, or streaming? Um. So this is for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have a vinyl player. Don't have a CD player. <laughs> Streaming is the only thing I have right now. But if I had to prefer something, if I was to have, I, I would probably go with vinyl just because it sounds the best and I love the artwork. Yeah, that's that's a good answer, though. That's a great answer. You seem to handle them with like a breeze. They, they really, yeah. <laughs> some, some people, uh, sometimes, yeah, some people I just got to really think, think quickly with your first instinct. Yeah, it is. It's first thing that pops into your head is the one you like. It's the way it is. Yes, very true. Now, Joe, that's us done. Fucking legend, man. That was that was really sick. That was a great chat, man. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I had fun. That was actually a bunch of good questions. No, I appreciate it. It was um, all year. You one that I wanted to get get on my list and achieved and um i'm feeling pretty pretty stoked with myself right now that i can say i've had joe from pit for an autopsy on the show so um means a lot dude that's well that's awesome man thank you very much yeah like i uh drew from stray he was in the barbershop he was like yeah i just did this interview with this guy in the mosh zone i was like huh i looked at my dms i was like weird because he like literally just messaged me just now <laughs> he's like yo do it it's it's really cool he's awesome so of course i went off his recommendation he said you're really cool and you happen to be really awesome so thank you for having me man definitely oh, no. honored to be on it really appreciate it no much love much respect man thank you so much man i really appreciate it so that was my chat with joe of fit for an autopsy thank you so 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 fucking much dude for taking time out for me and the mosh zone much love much respect much appreciated can't wait to catch up and hang out the next time you're in australia of course guys if you don't know fit for an autopsy's discography i really shouldn't need to tell you but you need to get into it get online Head down to your local CD store. Whatever you got to do, get into that amazing discography that those guys have. Thank you again, Joe, for taking time out for me and the show. So, guys, that is it for the Mosh Zone episode 40. Done, dusted, in the can, all wrapped up, done for this week. I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone that's tuning in and listening, whether it's on a regular basis or just on a show here and there. Thank you so much. I also want to say, as I do every week, thank you to everyone that comes on the show. Thank you for every guest we've had so far and all the guests we have coming up. It's certainly not easy getting people on the show, but the more we go on, the more people are open to it, and the feedback we are getting, not only from listeners, but our guests, is above and beyond my expectations. So 
We're going strong. We're 40 in. We're not slowing down. There's a lot of exciting things ahead. So it's this time of the show that I need to remind everyone that if you have the opportunity, help us grow this show. Tell someone you know about the show. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell anyone that's into heavy music about the Mosh Zone. Also, I need to ask your help if you have the time and if you enjoyed this episode or a previous episode, help us out with a share on your social media. Share it on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Help us grow this show. Help us get out to more listeners. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. It's also this time of the show that I need to remind you guys, don't forget we have a website and social medias. Subscribe to the website. The website is www.themoshzone.com. Also, don't forget the social medias are all at The Mosh Zone. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're on iTunes listening to this, leave us a rating and a review. All of your help, guys, is invaluable and much appreciated. So that's it. Not much else to say except have a great week. Stay safe. Open the press.